to pick up in, in chapter 1 again and kind of just see how far we go. So again, Paul says in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Right? And again, that's that whole, um, if I just say this, let us have an expectation that God is going to help us remember people. Amen. And again, this is something that uh, I have learned over the years. You know, if you've ever been, if you will, proverbially or literally driving down the road of life, and all of a sudden somebody pops into your mind. Everybody had that before? You weren't even, yes. you weren't necessarily thinking about that person. It wasn't like you had talked to them. You're just kind of going along your merry way. And all of a sudden, boom, somebody comes to your mind. I have learned that uh, that's most likely the Holy Spirit nudging you to pray for that person, pray in tongues, intercede for that person. I mean, that jogging of the memory is probably from the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So that's what Paul said, upon every remembrance of you. So Paul had a habit of remembering people. I think it's a great habit we can develop as well to remember people. And again, when you remember that person, obviously pray, but I've tried to make it a habit of reaching out to people. Right? Okay. I'll text that person. Again, have anybody ever gotten a text from me that's like, hey, how you doing? I'm just checking in. Yeah. That's because this happened. <laughs> so you, just, you get that... Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. God, I got to remember Mary. So it's got... <laughs> but, but what happens is, is that literally as I'm going through, those are nudges. God yeah. nudges me, brings one of you guys to my mind, right? Mm -hmm. I pray for you for a few minutes and then I typically check on you, right? So that, that if I can say this, since we had all kinds of, I know for the recording's sake, we had a pre-conversation about all kinds of stuff. If I ever do that, and I'm, I'm genuinely asking how you're doing. So this is your chance to tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is not just Brad being nice. Hey, how are you? Fine, thanks. All good. Yeah. So this is me you nudging. Really I really want to know. This is me checking in. And now that you know the secret. <laughs> that, and now you know the secret, the secret is out, right? That's me by the Holy Spirit checking in. So if there's anything going on, because if I can say this, and this is, you guys know you're never a bother to us. Do y'all know that? I want to see everybody's face. Y'all are so busy. Do y'all know it's never a bother? Again, that's, it's a priv the, the privilege of belonging, like we said on Sunday, is that you guys are a priority. Yeah. In our life, you guys are a priority. Y'all know that, right? I need to see everybody's eyeball, <laughs> right? Does that make sense? So you're never... <laughs> so, so, so... That's my story, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> and so then what I would say is, is this is just always then just know you're never going to bother us. Right. And if I'm so you can call me, you can call us. Right. You can text us again. But if I'm checking in, you can always say, hey, well, this is what's going on or this. And it doesn't have to be necessarily bad. I'm, I also want to hear that. I like what my boss says. I'm a good news junkie as much as anybody. I want to hear the good news as well as the bad news. Right. So. 
Anyway, so Paul says he had a remembrance of these people. And so in all ways, in every prayer of mine, I make, make request for you with joy. And we hit that a little bit on Sunday, that the attitude of New Testament prayer is joyful. I think many times, and I understand, please hear what I'm about to say, because I understand there are challenging times in life, right? But really, there are, Ms. Ellen, they're really, but even in the challenging times, prayer should be joyful, right? Sometimes it's the only peace you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Well, I heard about the day that said, hope and joy is a rebellion against the world. I love that. Yeah. I was like, that's really cool. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, again, even Paul in Romans, I think it's Romans chapter 13, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, Paul said, the God of all hope who fills you with joy and peace in belief. Let's, let's keep our fingers there and we go to Romans. I think it's chapter 13. If I'm remembering right, and y'all may have to help me find this one. I don't know, but I'm, I'm asking. Somebody needs to Google it. Google the verse that says "joy and peace in believing." Somebody help a help a pastor out. Joy and peace and believing. Fifteen thirteen. I thought I had it under there. It is. Yeah, fifteen. I knew there was a thirteen in there. There we go. So fifteen thirteen of Romans. Paul says, "Now may the God of hope fill you." So everybody say, "Fill me." Fill me with all. Joy and peace in believing. So what will believing produce? Joy and peace. I love Brother Keith Moore taught us years ago about this. How do I know I'm in faith? He says, well, there's two gauges on your dashboard. There's the joy gauge and the peace gauge. Yes. And how do I know if I'm in faith? Well, are those gauges full? If those gauges are not full, then I may not be in faith yet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I know that's I know that's challenging. Hey, even challenging for us pastors, right? Right. But the but the truth is that's it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Right. So, and again, and please hear me when we say these things. Uh, I don't know how other ways to say, if, if we ever say anything and you go, oh, hadn't been doing that, please know there is no condemnation. Nope. Right? Paul, same book. Paul said there is no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. So if we see something in the scripture and we go, man, that I'm not living that yet. I'm not experiencing that yet. I'm not whatever with that yet. There is no condemnation. That's just, oh, wow. Okay, that's. That's what I can expect, right? And I may, and again, I like what Brother Andrew Womack says. And hey, praise God, I may not be there yet, but I left. Uh, 
I may not be there, but I'm not where I was. Right? I'm in process. I'm in journey. So even if I look here and go, man, there's a, there's a higher, better, richer, fuller destination for me that I'm not experiencing yet. That's not because God is withholding it. It's just, okay, I'm not there yet. I can yeah. keep moving. Yeah. I can keep pressing. I can keep expecting. I can keep knowing. Oh, wow, there's something else. But back to here what I was saying, and I want to say that because in our current days, I have, there's been a whole lot more lamenting than joyfulness in people's prayer. Yeah. There's, there's not been a whole lot of joy and peace in people's believing. Does that make sense? Yeah. There, there's been, so here Paul says, I make quest, request for you, back in Philippians, I make request for you all, you all with joy. Right now, what helped produce that joy is what he says in verse five, because of your fellowship in the gospel. Right, and again, to, to talk about that a little bit more, guys, let us and I. What y'all did today, when y'all went out in the streets, is is wonderful. You had fellowship in the gospel. Yes, you were fellowshipping. You were relating with each other in the gospel. When we gather. On Sundays and on Thursdays and at different times, we are fellowshipping with the gospel. When we start to do all the things we talked about before, we hit record on the podcast, all the events and activities we want to see come. Those are times that we're fellowshipping. We're having friendship in and around and with the gospel, right? And that brings joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that thunderous amen. Amen. <laughs> it says, from the first day until now. Right? So I love this. Uh, Paul talked about how these people were, we, we said on Sunday, these people were Paul's ride or die folk. So they started with Paul and they went all the way. Right? From the first day he showed up in Philippi all the way to ever how long this was here, they were with him. They were there. There was connection. There was a long-standing commitment to relationship, right? I think that's one of the reasons why people's church life is so uh, weak is there's no standing commitment or relationship. Yeah, it is. Right? We were talking, many people, they, again, we experience this a lot in Canada. So it says, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of one couple that came to the church, and they literally came to the church like once or twice, in a calendar year, and then we never saw them again, like for almost two years. So three years or so after their first of two visits to the church, I bump into somebody else, and they hear my name, and they say, oh, you're Pastor Brad, and then they name this couple, so-and-so and so-and-so, they go to your church. And I remember thinking within myself going, they do? they do? Well, they came a couple of times about three years ago. Oh, yeah, they talk about how awesome your church is. And, just, and I kept thinking, and then it hit me, oh, when they go to church, <laughs> they came to our church. Christmas and Easter. Yeah, but they don't go to church. Does that, and so many people, again, churches... Is, is like going to the gym. It's a place we go, but it's not a place we belong. Yeah. And if we only go somewhere, 
but we don't allow belonging to develop, right? Does that make sense? Then, then there will be missed. But here, there was a belonging that happened. And we're not allowed to belong. We're not allowed to belong. So please, I know this is, y'all know y'all can invite each other to y'all's homes, right? That if, that if, if Selena and I hear, oh, wow, Miss Lynette had the entire church over to her house and didn't invite us, we still okay. Does that make sense? (laughs) That's right. Now, if you ate, if you ate Brother Lee's pork, we were sick and missed the Boston butt that Brother Lee had. So, so if that happens again and I'm well, I want an invitation, right? I mean, (laughs) but anyway, so. <laughs> She's the inviter. So it says in verse six, being confident. Now here we get to the being confident of this very thing, that he that began a good work in you will complete it into the day of Jesus Christ. Now listen, that this is a foundational verse for New Testament living for all of us. If you've never really taken time to memorize this verse, if you will, to meditate on this verse, I encourage you to, because this is a New Testament promise. This is one of the promises that brings us the very nature of God. Paul says he was confident of this very thing. What thing? That Jesus, the one that began the work in your life, he will complete his work. Aren't you glad that, that God never gives up on us? Amen. Aren't you glad that God never gets tired of, of improving us? That God never gets tired of being... Uh, again, that's why I still love that little old song we learned years ago in Sunday school. If y'all know it, you can sing it with me, that whole, He's still working on me. Y'all know that song? To make me what ought to be. It took Him just a week to make the moon and the stars. The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. Because he's still working on me. Now do you know the next verse? There really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge me yet. There's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan. Fashioned by the master's loving hand. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's a great song. But that's the, that comes from this verse right here. We can be confident of this very thing. The work of union with God. The work of salvation. The work of who we are in Christ. The work of our identity. The work of the kingdom of God growing and expanding. All of whatever you want to... He will complete that work in us. That is a promise. Amen. Does that make sense? Even if we mess up, aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad there's no, there's no buts in this verse? But if you don't obey perfectly, you're hooped. It doesn't say that. But or if you make no mistakes, it doesn't say that. Right? It just says God will finish his work in you, period. That's his side. That's his promise. That's his determination. 
That's grace. That's exactly right. Everything he is doing for us because he wants to. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Verse 7, it says, just as it is right for me to think this of you. Did you know it's right for us to think that of each other? That's why we can create a place with no judgment. Does that make sense? That's why we can create a place where people can come in and they can go, I busted myself. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, Brad, I did, I did X, Y, I, did, I busted myself. This is what I did. And we can say, okay, I, I, I acknowledge whatever happened, whatever mistake you may have made. But it's good, it's right for me to think, verse 6, about you. That he began a good work in you, he will finish that work, irregardless of your mistakes. Yes. Amen. Amen. See you, Kirk. Yes, sir. Bless you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? Is that in all encouraging? Yes. <laughs> Amen. And so that's why truly, as we engage with people, people need to understand and know that this is an okay place to, to show you're ugly. Does that make sense? This is an okay place. Why? Because it's right for me to think, okay, you're still in process. He will complete the work in you. Amen. All, and I love this. All the way to the day of Jesus. That means all the way to the day Jesus returns. So how long will Jesus work on you? All the way to either you die and cross over or Jesus comes back. All the way he will continue to work on you. Amen? Yes. Amen. Because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So again, I love that whole, they really did no sharing of life in the New Testament. Paul said, because I have you in my heart, but man, you're right here in my chains too. And what he meant by that was, is they supported Paul. They helped Paul. They sent aid. They were connected. And it says this, you are all partakers with me of grace. Isn't that neat? Now, guys, listen, here's, let's kind of, and I'm just talking out loud, so y'all jump in, right? It's, when you look at this here, Paul says, hey, listen, I've got you in my heart, but we're hearing each other's ups and downs. Yes. Right? Because Paul again, where was Paul when he wrote this letter? Prison. So those chains were not figurative. <laughs> they were they were real solid. Iron, that's right, courage. They were real iron chains you can't break. Right? And Paul said, listen, you were here in my downtime. You were here in jail with me. You were sharing this. You're in the defense and the confirmation. You are all partakers with me of grace. We have to make sure we understand with each other that, that grace is not just shared when we see the victory. Grace is shared in chains too. Yes. So again, I say that with each other. Please know this is not a place, life of faith north 
is not a place where we're expecting people to, to have their game face on. Does that make sense? This is a place where we can share the challenges of life, right? We can share what's going on. Why? Because when, we, when we're there in the good and the bad, right, we're, we're sharing grace with each other through all of that. Y'all, does that yes. Am I seeing that right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think many times people are not experiencing grace because either they're afraid or unwilling to share the hard times. Yeah. And a lot of it is because they feel like, and especially any of us that came out of Word of Faith, uh, we apparently have made people believe, okay, well, I can't let them see me sweat, or I can't let them see me sick, or I can't let them see me struggle, or I can't let them see the challenges, I can't let them see what's, does, does that make sense? Yes, I have one situation I won't go into all the detail for mm-hmm. time, but just to drive that point home, I was having a trouble with Paul's daughter, Zaylee. We were keeping her a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. He had custody. Anyway, uh, the pastors of where I was going to church at the time would not, uh, they repelled me as far as them being a source of help because they said, well, if we find out there's any kind of child abuse, we're going to report and all this kind of stuff. And so if you were having problems, like physical problems, if there was lots of turmoil, serious turmoil, yes, report. But it just made me not uh, want to go to them for help. Yeah. When they should have been the place that I went and got help. And that situation may have turned out different for Zaylee. Yeah. Absolutely. And because, but I was afraid to talk to them because, you know, if there's the word used, then you're automatically a, an abuser or whatever, you know. And so, anyway, it repelled. Yeah. So you couldn't be the least bit imperfect without serious consequence. Yeah. And, and that came from them being in a place where there was abuse had happened. So, you know, they were coming from a different place. But for me... Here I am, a minister. I'm dealing with family crisis, and I'm having to bear the brunt of something that I can't control, but I have all the responsibility to, and I have no one to talk to. Yeah. No one. Mm. And so, therefore, I was isolated and alone, but supposed to be in a faith family. And and again, and please know that the a that should have never happened, right? Yeah. It should have never happened. Yeah. Right. And for us here to sit there and say, because, you know, over the years, we've, we've had that. People, they, I mean, again, how do you say it? This is, I'll try to make this light and funny. Isn't it? But I mean, it's people, you know, you come in, they come back to church. And, oh, brother, I haven't seen you. Yeah, we was in the hospital for the last five weeks. <laughs> okay. Uh, you could have called. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and but people that have all this, but they don't. They're like, no, because we oh. don't want to. And that's what Paul says. Listen, listen. No, we 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 are partakers of grace. And Paul connects that to chains. Yes. You shared chains with me. You shared the defense and the confirmation of the gospel with me. You shared the good times and the bad times because we were partakers together of grace. Yes. Does that make sense? So grace is something, 
uh, when we teach on grace, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of like the old word of faith days. When we teach on grace, we found this out and we tell people, again, okay, you are free from your sin. You are free from your sickness. You are free from lack or poverty or, or whatever. You know, people can sit there and say, well, Brad, that just sounds like pie in the sky, easy, cushy living, right? No problems. And so people can miss, well, then I can't share what's going on. Yeah. And if we don't, then we, we miss one of the great accesses to grace. Mm-hmm. The, the, the two times when I was in uh, the Word of Faith Church, that I really, really, really needed my pastor, and I called him. Neither time was I met by faith or the word or freedom. Mm, and that's what I thought I would find in a yeah. faith church. Somebody that's known all over the United States for preaching and teaching faith. And wow. It, it was crushing. So sorry. That should never be. I know. That I know. should never you, be. You don't expect that. Which is even harder to cope with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I continue to trust God myself, you know, and my family stood with me, but uh, it makes you wonder yeah. why people are in those positions and how they stay there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it gives, it gives us, I just say this in Philippians, that this is again, the tenor as he's opening the book is one of Paul is in prison. Yes. Paul is in a, in a, challenging spot in his life and ministry, right? Paul is there in a parallel. Paul is there joyful. It's about faith. He's staying alive, yeah. probably. Well, it is, but even, we'll get to that as we advance into the chapters, but, but Paul is there joyful. Paul is there thinking of the Philippians. He's there remembering their care, right? But even this, but the Philippians, were they were there and grace was shared at that down moment. Yes. And so let's remember that as we look at this, that grace is to be shared when we're in those trying times. Right? So that yeah. people shouldn't have to feel alone and isolated. People shouldn't have to feel like they've got to face this on their own. People shouldn't have to feel like, well, I can't let them know. Because if I let them know, they'll think I don't have enough faith. Or they'll think I'm weak. Right? Again, many times as, as pastors, pastors share least of all sometimes because they'll think, well, I'm, I won't be considered a good leader because I'm supposed to be. Yep. Here I am preaching on all this. Yeah. Right? You know. Yeah. So now let's keep going here because I want to set something up and we're going to open something up for tonight and pick it up on Sunday. But here it says, for God is my witness, and I love this, how greatly I long for you. And you're going to hear Paul, if you read different of his letters, this was a, a big phrase of Paul's to the Philippians, to the Thessalonians, to the Romans. Paul would say things like, I long to see your face. I long, to, I love it. He was talking to the Romans, people he hadn't met. He goes, I'm begging God that he will let it be within his will that I come to you. Because I've longed to see you for so much time, right? All this kind of stuff. So, guys, listen, this is something that I think as well has been lost in the modern church is a longing for each other, yeah. right? It's almost like that. 
I don't know when, again, I encourage us, you know, when some of the last times we thought, man, I can't wait to see my church family. Can't, <laughs> well, absolutely, that's right. But, but listen, but that should be normal language for a New Testament church. Yeah. Normal feeling inside a church family is, man, I long for you. I long to see you. I long to worship with you. I long to be there again with you. I long to sit and hear what God's been doing. I long for one another. That's really something I think many people are, it's kind of, not only, this is an analogy I've used many different times. Um, They say that Steve Jobs, the Apple guy that did Apple, when he invented or came up with the idea for the iPad, Right, He brought it to his think tank and says, here's my new idea. We're going to make this thing that will be known as the iPad. And they were like, well, why do we want to do that? We already got a laptop. We already got phones. We already got these things over here. Why are we making another device? And Steve Jobs' recorded answer was this, because people don't know they need it yet. (laughs) Right? But listen to me. That's many times people don't know they need verse 8 yet. Oh, absolutely. They're totally like that. But that longing, so I did, let us cultivate a longing for each other. Let us cultivate. Does that make sense? Let us cultivate, and not just a longing, because I know many people in our current culture, man, I, I want to spend time with you. Can't wait. We're almost like that old 60s songs, like the cat in the cradle and the silver spoon, right? You know, we're all, you know, we'll have a good time then, Dad. Oh, we'll have a good time then. And, and so we're not talking about a cultivate the desire for a longing, but we're here to actually cultivate a longing that we will act upon. Does that make Don't you sense? Think that come from his spending so much time in prayer for them. When you spend time in sure. intercession, creates that longing. Well, I think he, for somebody. I think Paul prayed for them. Yes, it did that. I think Paul. Um, I think the only difference is that Paul gave spiritual birth to these people. Yes, he brought them to faith. He brought them into faith again. We think of the Philippians. So Paul storied at Philippi. If you remember, this was the whole, back in the book of Acts, this was, uh, Paul was there. Uh, he, again, Brad's imagination, he wakes up one day and says, hey, Timothy, buy us some tickets for the province of Asia because there's Gentiles over there and we haven't been there yet. And then the Holy Spirit stops him. So then Paul says, hey, uh, Timothy, change those tickets to Bithynia because we haven't been there yet. And it says the Holy Ghost stopped him. And then it says, then Paul went to bed and fell asleep, had a vision in the night of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. So Paul goes over and he lands at Philippi. And that's where Paul preaches one message in Philippi. He's, him and Silas are beaten with rods and thrown into the innermost prison. <laughs> says, that's where he was sitting and, and, and he says, and there they were, their feet and their hands were in stocks, their backs had been beaten. And at midnight, Paul prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard him. And then an earthquake came, shook the foundations of the prison, everyone's bonds and the doors were open. That's this place. That's how they started. 
the Philippian jailer gets saved. Many Bible scholars think in the church started in the jailer's home. Yeah. The church started out of that deliverance out of there. So some of this kind of stuff is Paul had this history. But listen, again, it's, and we remember, and rightly so, we remember the, man, that was a Holy Ghost meeting, right? So much so that the chains, but, but that was preceded by a good old whooping. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> that, was per, that was preceded by some persecution. That was, that was preceded by, you know, all kinds of, does that, so there's this rich history. Right. There's this rich history that's going on between Paul and the Philippians, mm-hmm. right? A rich history of good times and challenging times, mm-hmm. right? And I think, yes, prayer cultivates a longing, but again, you guys are cultivating a longing by what y'all did today. Y'all went out together. Mm-hmm. The good and the challenge of going, I mean, y'all are, I love it that y'all now are, y'all are, Kevin and his golden girls, right? I mean, y'all were out there and you know, it all started in the heat of the summer when y'all were walking and it was hot and we were out there and doing, and those kind of things, they create longing. This sharing of life yeah. creates, so prayer creates longing, but sharing life creates longing, right? And you see that, and when we'll end there and we're going to pick up at verse nine on Sunday, um, but um, when... When you look at, at this again, Paul talks about like that again, if you look at Ephesians, right? So Paul, if y'all, a little bit of the Bible history, Paul spent the most time in Ephesus. He spent three years with the Ephesian church. So when he founded the church in Ephesus, he was there building it for three years. And then Paul went on. But then in one of his journeys, when Paul was headed towards Rome, Paul returns to the Ephesians church. And that's when they... Leaders of the church meet Paul outside of the city. Paul has his final kind of talk with them and then says, you'll see my face no more forever to them. And it says, and they wept, but they wept in the, in Axis, but they wept most because he said they would no more see his face. Yeah. Not at the great revelation because you read what Paul shared with them and there was some very powerful stuff in that last sermon. Mm-hmm. But they were like, what do you mean we're not going to see you again? And their, and their heart was, so the early church really cultivated a longing for each other that again, I think wholesale in the church is missing today. Because so many people, there's not a longing for each other. There's not a longing to be with one another. Right, and that's not that acceptance and that love and that absolutely judgment, absolutely in the church, absolutely. No, and there's many times it's on both sides, you know, because people are afraid to connect, like I was, to that Mm -hmm. one group, yeah, because of what it may cost me, maybe worse if I Mm -hmm. do, or you know, a minister that gets burned a lot that's afraid to put their self Mm -hmm. out there, absolutely. You know, they have been burned by people that they thought they could trust with what they had, and really the person just destroyed Absolutely. what they had. So it's on both sides of the equation. Well, it can be. But I just want to say, as we look at this, and so this is, but again, this is just the beginning. This is Paul's introduction. 
to this letter to the Philippians, right? There's a lot in the inter- introduction. This, this thing, okay, there's a remembering of them. There's a prayer, praying for them. That prayer is built on that promise of, man, I know God is doing and will complete his work right in wow. us. Right. Then it moves on to, and man, you've shared so much life with me. You've, you've been with me in the good times. You've been with me in the down times. Right. And there's this sharing of grace that we've had. And man, all of that sharing of life and grace, man, I just long for you guys. There's a longing that's cultivated. Do y'all see this? And, yes. and, and that's, because, because that's New Testament living. It's kind of like what we said before. If, if we're not in joy and peace, we may not be in believing yet. If, if there's not a longing for one another, we may not be experiencing church yet. Yeah. If there's not a longing for one another and to be with the body, then we may not actually have ever experienced. I think so many people, they've just never experienced it yet. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. All right. Amen. Well, I'm going to stop the recording there.